as a kid somehow I was more desensitized. <laughs> as a kid, did I not understand what was actually happening in this show? Or I just didn't care, was just so into violence where I was like, this is awesome. This is and awesome. now I'm just like, this is messed up. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nerdy Misfit Podcast. I'm Connor. And I'm Matt. And uh, how you doing today, Connor? It's been a pretty good day, Matthew. Pretty good, uh, pretty good what week since we've last recorded together. Yeah. Uh, you had your first ever DM GM session. Yeah, I had my first official session one. And how did that go? How how was how was the experience? Were you nervous? I think. Well, I know personally. I know how nervous you were going in. I was getting the text, but was it was it worth all the stress? It was. Uh, the funny thing is, the morning of, I was literally pacing back and forth in my apartment. I was like none of this is going to go well. Like I'm overthinking. Do I just recycle everything that I've done and I'll just restart and prepare myself all over again in seven hours? I was like, no, Matt, don't do it. (laughs) So it was, uh, it was a time, but I, I had a lot of fun and the people I had for the session one, two of them have never done any type of RPG before. One of them has like dabbled in it, like done a couple sessions. And then I had another player. Well, Tim for the viewers who we've had on the podcast. Um, the man who has been doing DMing and role playing for a very long time inside that kind of community. He was one of my uh, players as well. So I had a nice mix of other people and then newbies, someone who's knows a bit and then someone who's heavily experienced. Yeah. So a good little roundabout. It kind of worked to be honest, you know, and they had fun. The, everyone had so much fun. There was even like uh, one player. I was like, I don't know if he's going to like this or not. Like he, you know, he's never done anything like that. Like he went to school. He has like background in like drama and musical theater. And I was like, you know what? He'll love it. He'll, he'll have fun. And he got into it. And, like, by the end of it, everyone was having fun. Everyone really got into their characters, which was great, too. Like I feel like that's what – all that matters is that everyone came out having yeah. fun. Exactly. And we did it in, like, a private, like, game session room that we rented out. <laughs> <laughs> what a booze. Um, no, it was super fun, though. We had, a like, a private room that we got from one of the game rooms here where in our hometown. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and it was great so there was like um like a dungeon feel so like the doors were wooden there was like a wooden window and like the walls were like fake stone so kind of like set the extra feel of like set the mood and then it's cool that you you were in person um we our dnd sessions are all online it's just easier mm-hmm. also some people don't live in the city so yeah i do recommend if when you guys are done like your finale i do recommend like renting out one of these rooms especially because you guys do it electronically um they do have like a wheelie tv that with an hdmi cable so oh, if the cool. DM yeah. needs to hook up his computer so you guys can do it that way, or if anyone needs to do it that way, it works. And they even have black lights. Oh. So if you want to like really intensify the mood, like it's it's have good to go. Have some really cool setups, yeah. Yeah. But oh. it was good. And then we um we got an c- interactive map and we got a couple minis. We didn't have the right minis. So we had um we ended up using some Star Wars minis. Yeah, whatever works, whatever but it was shows good. off who's who. Exactly, and they're all color-coded still, and we use, like, the monsters as droids, the battle droids. Nice, nice. So it still kind of fit the mood. Fit the mood. Um, but overall, yeah, it was a very unique experience. By the end of it, I was like, I, like, asked Tim, I was like, Tim, did I do okay? Do you have any pointers? And his literal pointer was, don't be so nervous next time. And I was like, that's, Yeah, thank you gotta you, be confident. It's your story. Well, it's their story, but it's also your story. Yeah, I mean. You it, to God. It went, off the <laughs> it went off the rails a little bit, where um, I was like, okay, guys, like, where do you guys want to do? Like, do you guys want to go this way? Kind you of can thing? never predict what your players you really are going to do. can't. My gosh. Like, just, there was a character that I just had to kill off. So you're excited, basically, to say that you're going to stress out again. Because yeah. now, 
yeah this was the first session so you kind of already had like you're like okay i knew what i want to do or what i need them to do and now it's kind of like uh-oh if i've learned anything from this experience it's like you need to be so prepared that you're not prepared yeah it's like you need to be prepared but you need to be able to adapt yeah you need to adapt fast yeah that's fair well, I'm glad you guys had fun. That's that's good. And do you guys, like, how often do you guys plan on meeting? Or is it kind of going to be, like, once a week, once a month? We're going to try once a month for now, just because now they've unlocked them. Because the way the system works, there's actually three parts to the character sheet. Like, there's three physical character sheets. Okay. So, one for your actual character. The second sheet is for when you're morphed. And the bottom half is for the Zord. And then the third sheet is like the team sheet as the Megazord itself. Oh, uh, right. Megazord. Yeah. That makes um, sense. For those who don't know, this is a Power Ranger RPG. I don't know. Uh, if yeah. We I think <laughs> the Megazord gives it away. Yeah. At that I was point. like, did I tell about that? But, but um, yeah. Power Ranger based RPG yeah. game. So what I did for the first first session zero and session one, I only had them fill out the actual character sheet with without them being morphed. And then at the end of the session, they got their morphers and they were able to morph. And that's where I ended the session. So then I'll help them figure out their character sheet. Yeah, before the next session, you can kind of figure it out and make sure everyone's on exactly a similar page or yeah. idea of what's going on. But That's it's awesome. a nice introductory to RPG because it's not as complex as D&D. D&D. It's just called the Essence 20 system, and that's the system Hasbro has now. for. Well, and if everyone likes Power Rangers in your group, then... That's the funny thing is uh, the one character has never watched Power Rangers before. Yeah, but he knows what Power yeah, Rangers Yeah, he knew are. of Power Rangers, yeah. And the idea of the Power Rangers is cool. Sometimes watching it, it might be cringe. But Sometimes. <laughs> but, I mean, like, the idea of them yeah. be, is really cool, so. I, I do want to have more, like, a japanese theme like, session later oh, on. Oh, to really? <laughs> from the origin of Power Rangers, which was the Super Sentai. Of course, yeah. So I kind of want to have a Japanese twist for a couple sessions. Godzilla shows up. It's the big you, bad. It's actually fight what they're with fighting. The <laughs> Turns into just a kaiju adventure. I mean, that is kind that of it, what that, yeah, it kind is of anyways. Is, yeah. But it's fun because um, because of the Essence 20 system, and it's done by Hasbro. Hasbro has properties, and they're planning to do other RPGs in the same sense. Being That's good for like getting yeah like other fan bases into RPGs. In exactly. So that's kind of cool that Hasbro is doing that. And, and they keep it, you know, the same system in place, and you could bounce around. Well, that's the thing. One fandom. of them is Transformers. So hypothetically, I could have the Rangers in the Megazord fighting the Decepticons hypothetically okay and that'd be interesting they have transformers they have gi joe if you're a fan of gi joe and then they actually have a my little pony one coming out which i'm like um that's not my phantom so i'm not touching that one you can have a mob a mob right. of my little ponies attack the group could you imagine but i'm then curious they become uh, a megazord oh. wait a second <laughs> they <laughs> the morph into the ultimate pony that, that's that sounds so weird um, but I'm hoping, like, I'm very curious when the Transformer ones come out, because in the Power Ranger one, you pick, like, your origins and you pick your influences. But with the Transformers one, like, I'm thinking, are you going to be able to play as the Decepticons or the Autobots? Or is it going to just be a straight Autobots? Could I mean, you may- flip it? maybe you can even just adapt it to what you want. Maybe exactly. if the group's interested in being the Decepticons, mm-hmm. you can twist the story into that way. Which is a thing to add to. This is, A, my first time GMing, but I also made the decision that I'm going to do a homebrew. Yikes. Just to... Because, I don't know, I'm familiar... Matt likes to overcomplicate things. He's it's been, true. He's never DM'd or GM'd in his life. And I feel like for the past two years, Matt has slowly been trying to come up with a Pokemon RPG. I'm working on it. And it's very complicated based on so far. And it's coming from someone who at the time has never even played 
Dungeons and Dragons or an RPG. And he's like, I have ideas. And it's like, maybe Matt, maybe you should play a couple times, see what how complicated the regular games can be first before diving deep into like a crazy lore. But to be fair, with the Essence Twenty system, I think it would work perfect for what I want to do with the Pokemon game eventually. Eventually, yeah. But I like the idea of the Pokemon. I just think that. There's so much going on Pokemon yeah. that can make it complicated. There is a homebrew somewhere on the internet. For well, you actually sent me... Because yeah. I'm interested in doing a One Piece related one. And you sent me one that actually, for the most part, has... It was I pretty think, detailed. I think I would adjust a couple things, but it was very well done. And it the best part is it even has like the the same like text style and color style oh, yeah. of the actual D&D books, which was funny. It was impressive, actually. The only thing it didn't really have was any ship-related combat or anything, which was, yeah. but I, I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of ship combat that you can look up. So, But one day, one day, I'm, I'll, one day. I'll, I'd love to run a One Piece campaign. With The problem is finding enough One Piece fans. Yeah. For some reason, no one wants to read or watch a thousand plus things. I wonder why. Chapters. <laughs> but I'm sure I'll find someone. One day, one day. On top of that, I did think that there w- a cool idea for us to talk about would be kind of like burnout yeah okay because for me it happens a lot with manga and anime because i feel like i'll I'll like over over like stimulate my mind with like that genre that medium of content and then i'm just like don't want anything to do with it for like months however long it ends up being right so i thought it'd be an interesting topic if one you experience burnout on some of the things you're interested in and what you kind of do instead yeah um let's start well question for you let's start with this um not your most recent but what do you think is like when you think of a burnout what's your first example of you personally having a burnout feeling um i guess for me uh a good example would be like not wanting to watch anime just because i don't feel like reading the subtitles or something something along those lines like usually i'll I'll like say load up crunch roll and I'll watch an, an episode, and I'm, like, already sick of it. Like, or I'm already, like, don't feel like watching anymore. I feel like that's usually a, a kind of, like, a sign that I'm reaching that burnout point. Okay. But, and then usually, uh, same, sim- similar stance to manga as well, where it's, like, so I like sometimes I just have to be in, like, the mood to do it. And I feel like you should never have to force yourself, especially when it's, like, something you're supposed to be enjoying. Whether yeah. Whether it's watching anime whether it's literally anything like if it's there to be something you want to do for entertainment or for enjoyment, you should never have to force yourself to do it. So that's usually when well, it takes the else. fun out of it. Right. Like if you're well, yeah. forcing yourself to like watch it or enjoy it, you're just like, but like, and it becomes a chore and not a hobby anymore. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Personally, when I think of like a burnout situation, it always, I know I talk about, I feel like we talk about Promise Neverland so much, <laughs> but that is the one that always comes Matt to both mind. loves and hates Promise Neverland, confirmed. One day I'll finish it, I promise. Promise Neverland. Hey. Um, no, is that we watched the first episode, I went home and I caught up and I was reading it weekly, but I feel like because I just binged through it so fast. At the time also, they were pretty far in the manga. It was like, 115 what, maybe 120 three maybe? quarters of the story through like through the story already they yeah. were like yeah so understandable like if you're cranking out i mean we say that yet you read like 500 chapters of one piece recently so yeah it's a very i have ascended since it then. also depends on the story though too right like yeah. if you're really 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 enjoying one piece per se which i feel like we have talked about in episodes that 
post time skip, it really does just keep going and mm-hmm. going, and you just it it's almost hard to put down. Yeah, which Promise Neverland has the same feel, except Promise Neverland is more plot twisty. I think closer to the end, it does feel it gets a, like without spoiling things, there are parts that get confusing, yeah, and it doesn't have the same feel that it did in the first few arcs. Like I feel like the twists and turns. There, there. A few of them are in the end, but the big ones and those things that you just can't put down the manga for, those moments stop. Mm-hmm. Where, for me, and for obviously for you, in reading One Piece, like you almost don't. Even though some of those arcs are so long, yeah, you're just like, I gotta know. Well, that's thing with Promise Land, I feel like without spoiling anything, there comes a point where you're like, okay, we're at the end of the story now, and then another plot twist happens, and you're like, okay, so I need to keep reading now, and it. it it doesn't quite become a chore, but it's like, okay, we get it. We're at the end. Just kidding. Okay. Oh, no, we're at the end now. Okay, just kidding. Like, it was great. I loved all the plot twists from what I've read up to, but at the same time, it was like, okay. And then it just became that, like... Then it's, like, turning into a chore, and you're not yeah. enjoying it anymore. Another thing, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but I think I've definitely talked to you about it before, is video games. Yeah. Um, for the most part, I play a lot of multiplayer video games with friends. Um not so many story-based games like single-player story-based games but sometimes i do because obviously i'm a big comic book fan so i played the batman arkham games and stuff but there are times like that where i'll play the game so much that i never actually end up finishing it because i burn myself out of playing the game where i'm just like i don't feel like playing the game right now i'll play other games watch anime do whatever and then such a long period of time has passed since i've played the game that i no longer know the mechanics of the game and then it's like, oh, I almost need to start over to relearn the mechanics. And then the, the cycle continues. That happens to me with some video games, except I leave it for a few months and then I go back. And then I'm like, what was I even supposed to do again? Or like, I'm continuing. And it's not like the like the system of it, but I'm like, what was the point of this again? And then I'm like, okay, I should probably just restart. Restart and then the cycle starts again. Exactly. Because then you play a bunch and then... I get a little bit it. farther every time. The worst, My worst offense is the Spider-Man game for playstation Mm -hmm. literally i'm at like the door to go into doc ox um like um laboratory to fight him for the final fight of like the regular story not the dlc but the regular story and now every time i've gone back i'm all like i don't even remember how to play the game (laughs) how am i supposed to fight the final boss i don't remember the combat that is the worst but that's definitely my worst offense i think all i've have completed all the arkham games but uh it's just funny how that that works out, and I also got a PlayStation solely to play that game. The irony is there, and I never even finished it. I obviously I've played a bunch of games mm-hmm. on it since, but it's just it is funny that that's the reason I got it and I didn't finish the game. I have a weird burnt out feeling where there's a say there's like a book series or like a graphic novel series I really want to we- read, but say it's like ten fifteen bucks or something like that. I'm like okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna buy them all. And then I end up buying like half of them. Like, all right, I'm going to read it. Like, because I'm so hyped for it. And then by like the third book, I'm like, okay, I need to take a break. And then I just never go back to it. I and find you bounce a lot too. I do. You, you're uh, a if hype you know me. You're like a, it's like a hype beast, but for nerd stuff. Instead yeah. of like clothes or shoes, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm reading this. Whatever. Let's say like, you know, like the dark universe of DC. You're like really into it. And then like a new Star Wars book, like novels coming out. And, and then all of a sudden, like, the the old things push to the side, and you're like, I'm re- I can't wait to get this Star Wars book, get Star Wars book. Totally forgets about whatever you were previously reading yep. or doing. 
I can't argue with it because I know I'm I am the the benefit is I'll bounce around, but I'll always go back to it though. Yeah, is the definitely, benefit you still are a completionist in yeah. a way. Like you definitely are. It just might take me a couple of years, but I complete it. But you'll get it. You'll get. You don't want to know what I'm reading right now. That's the perfect example of because I'm reading various mediums mediums right now because I'm reading a Star Wars novel, then I'm reading Tokyo Ghoul Re, Promise Neverland, Promise Neverland. And then I also have the Dawn of X X-Men comics I'm reading through again. And you're slowly working through some anime. And I'm slowly working through some anime. Um, I have, I'm watching through Criminal Minds. Oh, my God. I just started Criminal no Minds. No way. <laughs> I, I'm almost done season one. I, maybe that's why I started watching it because you – I think right? you may have mentioned to me that you were watching it. But I, I was – it was a couple nights ago. And you ever just have those – this probably goes into Burnout too, where you're just kind of like chilling and you're just kind of like – I'm bored, but you shouldn't be bored because yeah. of all the stuff. There's so many things you could read, watch, do, go outside, go for like, and you're just like, there's nothing to do. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, you're scrolling through Netflix and Disney Plus and um, like Prime Video, like all of these different things. There's like, nothing to watch. Wow, how could there be nothing to watch? There's literally nothing. And then I started watching Criminal Minds. Well, that's me when I'm on Netflix. I'm like, there's nothing to watch. I don't know what to watch. And I'm like, oh, sometimes I strongly community. debate. Uh, just getting rid of my Netflix subscription, but I know that my fam, like my whole family, uses my Netflix yeah. subscription, and I have no idea how much they watch stuff. But That's it, feel, yeah. But it is like sometimes I'm like, there's just nothing on here, and then the, sometimes the recommendations too. It's like, have you even been paying attention to what I watch? What are you recommending right now? Well, I I use Netflix not as much as I use Disney Plus, but I use Netflix enough that I feel the need to keep it. Like I'm watching. They have good anime. I also think the Netflix player is obviously the best out of mm -hmm. all of them. Like, it's just so perfected, I think. I do enjoy a lot of, like, the food stuff, I think. Their, f their cooking shows are really good. I also find some of the They're Netflix originals. They're also very originals. mindless. You know, like, it's good yeah. background. You don't have to, which goes into, like, the burnout for anime is a lot of the anime I like to watch subbed as it's coming out. I'm not watching it dubbed, so it's not. And I also like to pay attention more because they, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes some of the intricacies in the show, there's background stuff and whatnot. But sometimes I really don't feel it, or either I'm tired or I really don't feel like reading and paying really close attention. And sometimes, like, those more cooking shows, Criminal Minds, even, like, yeah, I don't have to, like, 100% pay attention. I can do other things. Yeah. I can be if you walk out of the room for 30 seconds and come back, yeah, exactly. you didn't miss the plot kind you of thing. You can clean. You can do whatever. Yeah, and um, the cooking shows for Netflix, too, aren't as extreme as, like, MasterChef or, like, Hell's Iron Kitchen. Chef. Okay, yeah, maybe that's my big exception. But that's only, that's nostalgia. Yeah, but the Speaking baking of, shows. You know, the episode we've done, but uh, uh, I used to love watching the original Iron Chef okay. on uh, the Food Network. So I saw that it was on Netflix, and I was like, Alton Brown. There's thing about cooking shows is like, it's it's like a different form of relaxing almost. It's funny because I'm, I'm subscribed to a lot of food YouTubers, mm -hmm. which I've noticed after we watched the the, the uh, episode when the dude replicates the cake from Tokyo or not? Wow, dude, uh, oh, Death Note. Yeah, sorry. I think that's um Alvin or I think that's his name. He's on the Binging with Babish yep. channel a lot. He actually did a Devil Fruit episode recently. We'll, we'll watch that after. That's but that's um yeah, sick. like Binging with Babish, um Josh. Uh, from Mythical Kitchen? No, Josh Different Weissman. Josh? Yeah, he, he's uh, more... Josh from Mich Myth Mythical Kitchen is like absurd cooking. And then Josh, um, he's more experienced in the kitchen. Like he's worked at high-end restaurants and he does a lot of things from scratch. And they're, you know, sometimes you're probably not putting the effort in. 
that he has because he'll like make his own bread and everything for yeah. stuff. But I both enjoy his style, and you know, sometimes he makes things. He makes cooking look fun. Mm -hmm. Is one of the things that, and he makes it look really enjoyable. I do actually have his cooking book as well. Oh wow, dear. Yeah, it's um, and it's like you know, it's not like one of the absurd cooking books. It's like a cooking book you could actually follow yeah. if you wanted to make a really nice dish. I think uh, I have three cooking books at home. One is a potato. Cookbook. One of mine's is binging with Bavishes, nice. which is like things you're probably never going to make. But I did it because it's one of the YouTubers I definitely enjoy watching and support. So That's me for my Star Wars cookbook from the Galaxy's Edge. I really want uh, Josh Weissman. He does um, he does this really like meme thing where he'll like create his little dough ball and he'll cover it with saran wrap to, to rise. And then he'll be like, you know, he'll like make it a smiley face or something on it. And that's kind of like what he did for his, um, his, uh, whatchamacallit, um, for <laughs> apron. <laughs> yeah. His apron. And I was like, that'd be such a funny apron to have. Cause it's just like a little smiley face. That's amazing. But yeah, I definitely watch a lot of food YouTubers. Um, and then the thing about food YouTubers in comparison to food shows is food YouTubers. It feels so much more natural and yeah. Like, not scripted almost it is but it's like feels like more personal because like especially like someone like binging with babish it was just a hobby yeah and he turned it into his career like he was i think his original career was he was like an editor for like commercials and stuff okay like he was in the film industry right like media industry and he just you know his mom helped you know created a passion for cooking and he enjoys cooking and then he enjoys obviously tv mm-hmm and movies and whatnot, and then he's just created a channel making the food from them, and then it's exploded into where he's given. He now has you know people that work for him and created jobs, which is in, insane. Phenomenal. And he's done a lot of great things. Uh, he's done a lot of great things for outside, like in his uh, YouTube community for others and stuff. So he's definitely a very um, selfless person too, which is nice to see. That's fair. But uh, other other than that, yeah, that's go we went on a little bit of a mm. tangent. But the big thing is that. Anime, sometimes I'm just not in the mood for reading. Yeah. And the other thing is, my parents always make fun of me or, like, people when they, like, notice because my Netflix is set up to always have subs on. So even when I'm watching, like, an English show, there's always, people be like, why do you have subs on? And I'm just like, oh, I'm just programmed I have, to I have, have noticed on, that, you know? and I've just accepted it. I'm just programmed to have it on. I feel like it's useful sometimes because sometimes if you don't pick something up, you might read it. And if you're used to watching anime, you read fast. See, I I agree. And but there's also a downfall for that. So I was watching Comey Can't Communicate today. Finally going back sometimes. to that. No, it's worse when the subtitles are white and it's a white background and I have to like pause it to try and like figure oh, out what's yeah, being they said. Don't. Sometimes also if you watch stuff dubbed, it's this is a funny part is you can watch stuff dubbed on Netflix, like anime. Yep. And then there's subs and they don't match. Sometimes they're completely like the general idea is the same of what they're saying, but the, what is actually said and what the sub says is completely different. Do you ever want to see a, a a bad, terrible example of that? Is the Batman Ninja film? If you watch it dubbed, it's a completely different story than it is subbed. Like the plot changes. Oh, they've done that for many things. One of the funniest yet most offensive one is the Ghost Stories dub. I've heard about that. Which the original Japanese show, I can't remember if it was called Ghost Stories or not. But it was horrible. And when uh, they have the rights to dub it, they're kind of like the Japanese side was like, do whatever you want. Like it was kind of a flop. And then it's this 
that style show will never happen again because some of the stuff is so offensive. I've seen clips and stuff, yeah. but it is so hilarious at the same time. Obviously, people dub it, dub it, <laughs> one of the best English dubs ever, just because of how ridiculous and like yeah. over the top it is. But yeah, but yeah. Sometimes you're just not like cooking show is a weird thing that it's the perfect because it's a perfect intermission almost. It's an intermission. It's also something that's useful to know. Yeah. I feel like a lot of my knowledge has come from cooking shows, whether that's come to the irritation of family members, you know, and being like, oh, did you season that? You know, oh, you Mm. didn't use enough salt or you didn't do this or you should do this. The classic grandma. This needs more salt. Yeah. Kind of like, you know it all, but you don't know it all. Yeah. But I definitely have learned a good amount from both YouTube and regular cooking shows. I remember coming home from like elementary school and watching the Food Network with my brothers. Like we would just watch like, um, I think it was like Chef at Home, a couple of Bobby Flay's shows, um, some of Gordon Ramsay's shows, which some of them you don't really learn. That is, that is something I miss because like when I was younger coming home from like elementary school or high school, my dad had a restaurant and the way the bar was set up is you could look right into the kitchen and I would literally just sit there for like two hours, just watch him make like wa- him making creme brulee from scratch was one of the most like just cool things to watch. Well, if you ever want some nostalgia, you can come watch me make it. Thanks, man. It's one of my. It's it's a fun thing to make too. It's so it simple is. and such as it's very satisfying when it comes out well too. Exactly. Like it's one of those things that's a lot of technique, like not hard, but a lot of technique goes into it. Like very few ingredients, but you have to do it right. Let us know if you guys want to do uh, us to do more like a food based episode. Yeah, we can do. <laughs> We're going on a tangent about food. And well, I guess that explains one of the things we do for burnout. Exactly. Actually, I've been getting into cocktails. Yep. Which has been fun. Um, it's expensive though. I do recommend for anyone that's going through a burnout in some type of like fandom or hobby and stuff like that is try a new hobby. Yeah, try something new. Um, yeah, I've been fooling around with cocktails. Um, I'll be purchasing some more mixers i mm-hmm. guess or you know components for it but it's definitely a more expensive hobby because you have to buy alcohol you also have to be of age don't you know and also don't drive drunk um <laughs> just feel like that i should say that but um i don't know i just i do enjoy trying new things in terms of like food and drink yeah. like i like tasting things and trying things like i'm not a big gin fan but maybe I like gin in cocktails, like with, you know, different additives yeah. to it and stuff that maybe whether that elevates the gin and makes me like gin or, you know, maybe masks the gin flavor and I like that drink, but it's something I can have gin in, stuff like that, I think is always interesting. And it's all, you know, you have to try things multiple times before exactly. you... Exactly. And I feel like something like a gin and tonic, I'm never going to like because I don't like the base spirit enough and that's yeah. a very base spirit forward drink. Which is okay because I'm the complete opposite. I love gin and tonic. <laughs> Well, and that's what I mean. It's just like, and there's things you maybe you think are, aren't going to taste as good, and then you try them, and or when you think of them together, you're like, eh. Yeah. Well, it's like today we had an espresso martini. It was delicious, by the way. Matt was skeptical going in, but he enjoyed it. It was impressive, honestly. I was like, wow, this is uh, better than I would like. Obviously, yeah, I was skeptical going to it, and I was like, I could just chug this if I wanted to, yeah. but it was it was definitely a drink that was better to just sip. Yeah, it's like a dessert cocktail. It's yeah, like sweet, but. You know, it's like kind of gives you that like, you know, coffee after dinner vibe Mm -hmm. outside of alcohol um, for if you don't want to pick that up as a hobby or something. Cooking. Cooking is another good one. The which we cooking is also very useful. Everyone needs to know how to cook and you can start very simple. 
It can be something as easy as making like banana muffins. Exactly. You know, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. And banana muffins are very, very, very hard to mess up. Like they're probably gonna turn out just fine as yeah, long as you, you cook can't them long really, enough. Yeah. Throw some and chocolate chips in there a little bit, and you'll you be know? satisfied. That's exactly. the other thing. Like the one thing I really enjoy about cooking is um one when someone else eats your cooking and they're like, wow, this is great. Like that's like a, such a like. Just a feeling. compliment without it being a compliment, you know? And it's just nice to do it. And then I find cooking um, to be very like relaxing. Like a, even though sometimes cooking is not relaxing. It's a good. A lot of effort. Solo activity almost. It's, yeah. It's, it's a different. It can be like, a good activity with a couple too. Yeah. Like I know um, one of our friends, they, um, they get the, uh, the boxes that come to your door. Oh yeah, hello, uh, hello fresh. fresh, yeah. And they'll like make kind of like sometimes they'll make like a date out of it. You know, they'll work on it together. I think now so they're a lot more busy, so it's just kind of like they'll kind of prepare it yeah. for the other if the weather is not home. But I know they used to kind of do it together as kind of like a hey, we'll do this together, which is a good way of you know catching up with your significant other, but also doing something productive that you need to do anyway. Exactly. It's funny because I think this, this I. Being burnt out is actually, I feel like, how I kind of got into anime and manga a little bit, like I think, back I in think, the day. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you were burnt out of kind of reading and uh It was a terrible comics. time for comics as well, where I was getting frustrated with a lot of things I that think was going on. it was the start of just after the new 52. I can't remember what it was Convergence. No, it no, was after Convergence. It was after Convergence. Convergence was the start uh, of it being bad, though. Yeah, but it was before Rebirth. Like I'm pretty sure Rebirth by the time was like the I was done. That yeah, was when we I was were just both kind of like done. Yeah, I, was I like, collected a couple. Great. Like I think I collected Batman Beyond for like a volume or two. I was still collecting Spider Man. Yeah, but then we both kind of fell off. But yeah, but I also pay for that Marvel app sixty dollars a year to be able to have access to which is much a good the entire deal. Now, yeah, which is a good deal now for you because now you can go back and read whatever you want. Exactly, I'm reading through. Uh, what am I reading? through? Spider Man 2099 from 2014. And the one thing that was bad about comics is that you have that like guilt of yeah. not going to the comic book store and picking up your pull and then your pull piles up and you you're you know you've told them that you're gonna pick those up so but then you're picking up something you're not into anymore exactly. or don't want to read falls off yeah so you got to be careful i think i think if you know you're kind of slowing Falling down off, like yeah. maybe start minimizing the titles minimizing your pull and maybe only keeping like one to two big characters yeah. you like it also, with the Marvel app, it also lets me look into more characters I haven't really read because I know Spider-Man 2099. I know bits and pieces of it, but I've never read a volume Yeah, it's like it. a really good resource to have. Yeah, or Fantastic Four when I started re I read a little bit of Fantastic Four. Who I don't I know why you would do that. Dan Slott. I, I don't <laughs> know if I would read it. The team is just so... Different. Aged. Yeah. Like, you know that, like, they really come off as the original kind of team, the Marvel. Right? It's the first Marvel family. And it's because they're so basic. That's true. Compared to stuff now. But they're children. Franklin okay, Richards is, like... Yeah, the kids. The kids is a yeah, good Yeah, and point. Valerie, like, those are... That's what I thought the um the Ultimate Universe made it interesting with Reed being bad. Oh, being, uh, what's his name, the Maker? Yeah, yeah he had like, another name. I can't remember. But, like, that kind of was, like, you know, they were putting a twist on who's one of the most intelligent people in the, the ultimate universe overall was very unique because it, it was solid. It, it put a lot of twists on very classic characters, exactly. which is what made it interesting. What the, the green goblins, the, an actual goblin in that. He right? actually like, he turns more into like a kind of like how the lizard changes form. Yeah. He changed into an actual goblin goblin. Yeah. Which is cool. 
That's um, the thing about alternate universes. They, with Marvel at least, DC not as much, but with Marvel, they aren't afraid to just like, here's your classic character. We'll twist it completely around. For sure. Like going back always to Spider, uh, Ghost Spider, like the Gwen Stacy Spider, and like killing Peter Parker instead, but on top of that, having Peter Parker as the lizard. Yep, that was like, cool. Great twist, and just now Gwen Stacy's forced to live with the fact that. Yeah, the Spider Verse is a sign of is, in my opinion, is a is a good example of like, um, a multi universe done right. Yep. And not just for the sake of having a multiverse or like, a lot of stories do like one off stories right where they're like this is a contained story in another universe where it's like yeah. kind of just like, it's kind of like Marvel and DC's like crutch to being like hey this isn't a canon story it's in another universe yeah. and it's just kind of like oh whatever but like, i do appreciate doesn't mean the story will be that, bad though. doesn't mean the story's gonna be yeah. bad it's just that's like we've talked about this before but in manga obviously one contained story one contained and story. That's it. you don't have to worry about everyone else but to be fair i think marvel does a good job where it's it, yes it's an alternate universe but it's still they kind of twist it as like this is a plausible future more than an alternate universe. They'll the, name it an alternate Earth later on. They go Steins Gate with it. They do go Steins Gate with it, yes. But I enjoy. I think in comparison to Marvel versus DC, DC really only has like they say they have fifty two Earths or an infinite Earths, but really they only pay attention to like four of them, and that's basically it. Who is it? Brainiac has them all in his little little, little domes his and little stuff. Snow globes. Yeah. Which, fun fact, randomly, they decided to bring back the Flashpoint universe. Oh. But as, like, a contained story. Of course. <laughs> um, but those characters are interesting, at least. They are, yeah. And I'm, I've seen a spoiler for it. Um, so, spoiler alert if you're uh, reading that comic, I guess. Um, like, one of the main characters is Two-Face's, like, daughter. And she, like, talks to the Two-Face, which is a female. What's her name? No-Face? <laughs> Boom, Rosen. No, uh, <laughs> not sure. But then... Martha Wayne shows up at the end of it, and Martha Wayne's obviously the Joker in this universe. Yep. So I'll still keep up to date. I think Variant Comics or Comic Story, and one of them is doing like a 60-second like talk about it kind of thing. Yeah, they do like a short or something where yeah. you like watch it and catch up, and then for you, I'm sure you're like, oh, wow, that's interesting, and you probably like instantly on like the wiki or something, and you're already looking up like well, more about it. For DC titles, more than Marvel titles, because I have Yap, for DC titles, I'll look into it, and if I think the story's good enough, then I'll pick up the paperback later on. Yeah, you're also a big paperback hunter for, you know, you'll just keep your eye on if you see a story that caught your eye in a used pile. or Yeah, Death of the Family. A story you don't expect it, and you're just like, oh, five bucks, all right. I can't argue with that. Which is good, because then I have big storylines as paperbacks. Which is nice to have. And even with reading, like, the Marvel app that I'm using, if there's a storyline that I really, really enjoy, then I'll I'll probably pick it up, because I'm not going to have this Marvel app forever. There's, like, a fun part about collecting like the single issue comics but i feel like nothing is better than having like for the most part that contains story in a a paperback but i also find it like i have a higher chance to reread a graphic novel than the single issues yeah especially if you take care of your issues taking it out of the package and And i have it taped up like the little slice it's like oh now i have to take this tape off and then peel it out exactly and tape it again yeah so that's why i'm like if i enjoy it more enough on the app then i'll it up. And I have done that a few times already where I'm like, this storyline is really cool. Let's go find it. Like, Yeah, and if you like it enough and you know you're going to read it again, then it yeah. makes sense. And even like big storylines. Like I never found a copy of Old Man Logan when I was reading comics originally. So then when I got the app, I read through it. I read through all the connections to the comics and everything. And I'm like, this is a great story. I'm definitely going to pick it up. Yep, definitely going to pick it up. It's a worth, worthwhile story. 
exactly. But going back to the root of the question, 20 minutes later <laughs> of feeling this burnt out, it's good. Like, I don't know. I think with me personally, if I'm ever burnt out in one media, I'll probably just jump into it's another. the benefit of having multiple, multiple interests. Don't pigeonhole yourself or like, you know, yeah. tunnel vision yourself into one thing. You know, you can have multiple interests. Doesn't mean you're not a fan of the other thing if you need to take a break either. Yeah, if you fall behind, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, and if you're like, hey, I don't know, I don't feel like, even if you don't, you know, say you're like an anime fan and that's been kind of your identity that you relate with. You're like, oh, I've always been a massive anime fan. I, you know, I pride myself on knowing the good shows and whatnot or whatever. Yeah. You take a break for a year. It doesn't mean you're not an anime fan anymore. It means you needed a year break. You discovered other stuff that you liked. If you need a break, you need a break. Yeah, my usual go-to is probably, like, finding, like, more of those, like, mindless shows. Yeah. Like, Criminal Minds, I have seen a lot of the seasons way back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, this is, like, my first time re-watching. Oh, I never... It's, it's done now, right? Yeah, th- yeah. Uh, yes and no. They're doing a revival show on one streaming service with half well, the actors I'm coming back. That, but I don't I think Matthew Gray Miller's n- coming back. I never so finished it is, like, the main thing. Yeah. So, I'm like, oh, I may as well start at the beginning, work my way through. And well, like, I remember what up to, I think, maybe, like, I watched random episodes if they were on tv up till probably when season eight was on tv before i, I kind of like think that's where i remember like stuff with like the irish gang and stuff yeah and, um, hotchner's family dies at one point yeah there's like a lot that happens mm-hmm. and obviously i think when i stopped watching was just before the actor for for hotch got the boot for physically abusing someone on set or something yeah, I think that's around season eight or nine, I think. I think that that's when I... Sure. And that's also when other people were already kind of yeah. leaving. So that's one. And I was thinking of getting back into Bones, which I think is also close to either being done. Oh, it's been done for a couple of years so now. So yeah. I've never finished that show either, but I used to watch... Never watched I used to watch Bones. a lot of crime shows, mm-hmm. like a lot. CSI, um, the original CSI, well, Las Vegas. Um, and then I watched Bones, watched Criminal Minds. Um, I watched Flashpoint, which I have seen all of Flashpoint. Love that show. Um, yeah, I watched a lot of crime shows back in the day. So that was the hype, though, on TV. Like that's all there was. Yeah, that's all was on. That's that was like big part. And House was on. I watched House. Yeah, I don't know what the current hype is for TV shows because that was right before superheroes and stuff got big. This is before the MCU exploded. Before the MCU exploded, before the CW verse was a thing, minus like Smallville, I guess, but. Other than that, like, I don't know, like, after superhero shows, because there was a point where there were so many super shows, I, superhero shows, I don't know, I don't even know if that technical feel still exists because of all the streaming services, like, there's not really, like, what's big on TV now? Yeah, what's big on TV now? Um, wouldn't be able to tell you, because I don't watch much real TV. Neither do I. I think the only, like, TV, TV I watch is usually sports. Yeah. Um, I watch, um... Well, only this year is my first year actively watching uh, F1 racing, which only happens on weekends. Um, and then uh, the Premier League just started back up, which is soccer, so English soccer, football, football. Football. Um, also only happens on weekends. Yep. There's competitions outside that happen, not on weekends, but for the most part, it's Friday, I Saturday, Sunday for Monday, sometimes for the Premier League. But... In terms of regular shows, yeah, I'm not too sure what's, like, on cable TV yeah. that people Well, are I'm watching. trying to think, and, like, going through some articles and stuff, I've read, I really feel is that they don't know yet, because it seems like a lot of shows are getting, like, first seasons. 
well, and just getting like, canceled. Uh, there's like Paramount Plus now too, right? What a lot of things are kind of going towards yeah. as well. So I mean, if you guys watch cable TV, let, let us know. know. <laughs> let us know what you're watching. Well, it kind of, it's funny because I feel like with all these streaming services, it feels like we're going back in time for TV because back in the day you had to buy individual channels. Yeah, I know. It's like at first what Netflix did was save you money because you're like, hey, I'm only spending the time was like what eight bucks seven ninety nine a month and yeah. you um got all this access to shows and stuff and you're like oh this is awesome i don't have to pay this ridiculous thing to see all this other stuff yeah. but now yeah it's like they pile up it's like prime is different i feel like because there's a bonus have, with that well for the most part you're paying for amazon prime yep and then you happen to get prime video and the and the prime music and the and, audible and, and twitch prime like you get a lot of with it but it's not like I don't feel like there's many people that are primarily getting it for Prime Video. No. But you have Netflix. You have Disney Plus. Disney Plus. If you're into anime, you probably have Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll or Funimation yeah. before it's gone. Um, Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Roku. Um, depending on your TV, that's Crave. A, Crave is another one. HBO Max, depending on where you are. Crave For us in Canada, Crave is the way of getting HBO Plus. Yep. But I'll you have to purchase Crave, and I think there's a separate add-on charge. subscription. Yep. For HBO specifically. And you don't even get all the HBO Max stuff either. Yikes. Another but, one but it adds up. That's like you're looking at hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Of, so you kind of have to pick and choose what you what you want. Like for us, we do more of like, you know, I'm paying for Netflix and then someone else is paying for Disney Plus. So it kind of. It makes sense. That works out that way for yeah. families. Like, and that's a good way of balancing it. Unfortunately, I'm paying for four streaming services myself right now. But you're paying for Disney Plus. Netflix. Netflix. Funimation. Funimation. And then when I had to buy my girlfriend's birthday gift, it said it wasn't going to come in time. So I had to get mm. Amazon Prime Ooh. to save. So it was make okay. sure it was here. So now I have Amazon Prime. I've only had that for like a month, though. Okay. Okay. So you have to get your money's worth. You have yeah. to start watching Twitch streamers, getting your Prime sub off. Well, I have a couple of Twitch streamers I follow, and I had like the trial kind of thing. So I'll probably just use that more. Well, and you get your free Prime sub every month. Exactly. Which is $6 a month you get to use for free. Free quotations, yeah. but you paid for it. But um, um yeah, usually the, just those four. There's also some anime on Prime Video. There's nothing too good last time I checked, though. Like it was nothing too in. Well, Vinland Saga used to be on there mm-hmm. exclusively, but now it's on. Yeah. You watch it on Netflix, but there's uh, Dororo is on there. Or also on Netflix. Is Dororo on? I believe so. Are you or are you thinking of Dororo? Not Dororo. Dororo is also on Netflix, but <laughs> Dororo. And that's the original, I uh, can't remember his name, the guy that came up with Astro Boy, like the what people consider like the godfather of, or the father of modern anime and animation and whatnot, storytelling. Which one am I, which one am I trying to see if it's on Netflix? One sec. Do-ro-ro. D-O-R-O-R-O. Uh, so not this one. No, it's about, it's about a, that looked like Toradora. That was Toradora. Sorry. There's just so many animes that have like the to do Yeah, it's, um... It's a story about a, a samurai, samurai-esque character that lose like he loses his uh, dad, basically gives up his firstborn to have power, and like the like demons end up taking all of his organs, and then he still lives, and basically he fights all these demons or whatever to get his organs back. Yeah, it's messed up. Oh. But that's on there. Banana Fish, I think, is on there exclusively, which is also a really good show. Mm-hmm. 
So there, there is a few g- hidden gems. Another thing that I like that's on Prime is they have a lot of documentaries for sports. Okay. The All or Nothing series, which follows sports teams. So I'm, I'm pretty, I enjoy those. But yeah, usually I just pick something when I'm like, when I'm not feeling like reading or um, watching anime. Usually a big thing for me is if I'm not watching anime, usually I'm on a manga streak. And if I'm not feeling manga, I'm usually watch. I'll watch more anime. But um, for my, if I want to just ha- have something mindless on the background, I usually pick something that's longer running. Mm-hmm. Recently, I watched all of uh, Young Sheldon. Interesting. What was your thoughts on that? I haven't. Really I enjoyed it. I definitely nowhere near as good as the first the few Bang seasons Theory. of Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory is fantastic, but I thought if you liked Sheldon, it was interesting because. They do a good job of referencing a lot of stuff he's talked about. Yeah. In his um during the lifetime of the Big Bang Theory, which is cool. Like, you know, so I, I did enjoy that. I thought the actor was pretty good too, and I, I love the grandma. Um I also watched How How Much Mother. I watched all of that. There was something I found out the other day about young Sheldon. It was uh, what was it? The mom in Big Bang Theory's daughter in Plays real his life mom. played a mom. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You might have told cool. me that. I, I can't I, remember. I, think I, may have, I forget where I got that knowledge. Someone told me that within the last couple of weeks, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, um, which is cool. Um, but yeah, now I'm on Criminal Minds. I've also watched Grey's Anatomy like probably three times. Never got into that show. I, I like always end up like not watching. Maybe that's what people are still watching on cable. Because, you know, it's still going on, I'm pretty sure. But um, I always end up like catching up by rewatching it all. And it's like something ridiculous, like sixteen seasons. I did that at this with the uh, Flash a couple times, but but it's not sixteen seasons. No, gosh, no. And it's like I'll watch, I'll I'll catch up. So like, say when I first watched it, there was only ten seasons or whatever. It was the first time I watched it, mm-hmm. and then like I don't watch it for years. And I'm like, oh, they're on like season thirteen, and I'll watch all of it. And then I'm probably, you know, I'm probably do. I'll probably just wait for the show to end at this point. Probably gonna finish soon. Yeah. I'll just wait for the show to end, end, and then I'll rewatch the entire thing. But that's a show where you just turn your brain off and you're just like, this is ridiculous, but it's mindless. That is fair. But yeah, that's my Criminal Minds right now. So Criminal Minds and Bones, I think, are my next interested in because they're done. Yeah. And there's something I used to watch but never finished. That was Yeah, that's how I'm feeling about Criminal Minds right now where I'm, I'm on halfway through season four, almost uh, done season four, I think. Yeah, I'm almost done season one. Okay. Which, is that the, that's the only season with Gideon? No, Gideon is in season two as well. Okay. And then the actor was like, this is a violent show. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, eh? Then he's like referenced here and there throughout the rest of the series. Yes, I do remember that. But he is obviously an interesting character. It's just... Gideon is one of my favorite characters. It's just funny how the actor was like, yeah, this show's too violent. And it's like, well, criminal mind. And it's about... Yeah. I, I feel like he signed on to it thinking it wasn't going to last long, maybe. Maybe, or maybe, yeah, but I don't know. No, season two has one of my favorite, um, not my favorite, but one of the, I guess, two episode parter that I was most intrigued for is um, when Tobias Henkel is, the, is the, the unsub, and he has multiple personality disorder, but the other personality is his father. Okay. Uh, you, I don't know if you remember this, but this is, he ends, I don't want to no, spoil it. I don't remember too many... Um, on subs, I remember one is a candle wax, and they like soak their victim, yeah, and get all the their body oils and make candles out of it. 
I do applaud There's some it, obviously. messed up stuff. And the crazy I'm pretty sure it's is, all based on like that's referencing. The, that's yeah. the creepiest part is that so many of them are based off real killers and you're just like, what the Well, I think if you Google Criminal Minds on the Wikipedia page, it will say you like influenced by this character or like by this character, influenced by this person that happened in real life. Which is messed up. It's terrifying, dude. That's why I don't watch messed Criminal up. Minds at night. <laughs> yeah, I was worried about that watching it last night before I went to bed. Which is why I think I end I ended up uh, going to bed. Um, I don't know if you do this, but I I'll fall asleep to something. Yeah. Usually I pick like a a big go to of mine is there's this one uh, One Piece YouTuber. His uh, name is Teching One Hundred One, mm-hmm. and the lad just he can talk forever, and his videos are usually like twenty thirty minutes of. Dang. He'll be like this. It's kind of like when we talk about something, where we're like, we'll talk about this, and then he goes on like a tangent, maybe unrelated, not completely unrelated but slightly related to what he said he was going to talk about then he gets to the topic he was going to talk about but i like him because a lot of his content is just him talking yeah so i don't need to watch it i can just put my phone to sleep speaking of subscriptions youtube uh youtube plus youtube premium i can't remember YouTube what it's premium. <laughs> but i can just put my phone to sleep and just fall asleep to the video okay okay so one piece is usually one and there's also a hockey youtuber it's called the hockey guy who will do like a history of a team sometimes as some of his videos and they're like 15, 20 minutes. So if I ever need something like that to fall asleep to nine times out of 10, it's probably going to be family guy. That's fair. Cause it's just like, it's nonsense. And it's one of those things that if I watch like half an episode, it's just interest, not interesting, but it's just distraction enough that it like my subconscious, like, all right, let's go to bed. I like the, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big, I like the idea of like just being able to like put my phone to sleep and not have to, like there's nothing, no lights or anything yeah. like going where I see stuff. Well, half the time I'll be watching and then my head will kind of just like go on its side kind of thing. Or like my head will eventually just turn. But yeah, so I didn't have nightmares. That's all that matters. So you didn't have nightmares. But I, there's even just season one, which is this makes me nervous for continuing watching it is I'm like, this is only season one. Yep. And this is already me- more messed up than I remember. I'm like, am I going to be able to make it through the show? That is something I realized. I'm like, I don't remember this show being this dark. And am I like, is it just now like I'm just not as comfortable with it anymore? Like as a kid, somehow I was more desensitized. <laughs> as a kid, did I not understand what was actually happening in this or show? Or just didn't care, was just so into violence where I was like, this is awesome. This is and now I'm just like, this is messed up. Criminal Minds has really random guest stars in episodes too. I saw the guy from, oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, is it Aaron Paul? The guy from Breaking Bad yep. is in season one. I think season one also has Frankie Muniz, like Agent Cody Banks. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, too. He's in that episode. Um, season three has Will Wheaton. Yeah. I think with, with those shows, though, like it's bound to happen. Yeah. You, like, um, I remember uh, CSI, the Las Vegas CSI, had is one of Stephen Amell's first gigs. Yep. He was like a security guard or something. Pretty sure Justin Bieber is also in CSI at one point. Yep, I think that so as well. That was a big thing. I remember that. At the time. But... um. Yeah, I think with those types of shows, that one have so many seasons, but you also need so many characters. Yeah. Like, but those are good stepping stones for uh, people that are getting oh, in the for industry. Sure. Like, oh, hey, want to be an extra? Or you want to have five lines? Yeah. yeah. It, it makes sense. Because then, you know, you can't just keep repeating because there are people who will notice and be like, no, you can't have that guy. He was a killer or he yeah. was this. You can't put him back. Yeah. The one thing, I know that Kermine's has a bit of a story as it gets later not like a story story because it is obviously episodic. character development but ca- there is character development and i know like certain characters get introduced and then there are storylines that happen with them later down the line mm-hmm. which i'm excited for now that i'll be paying 
closer attention. Yeah. But I think Bones does a way better job of it. I have never watched... I've watched, like, a couple episodes of Bones, but not enough to be like, oh, my God, this show. Well, because there's, like, obviously there's character development, good character development, but there's also, like, romance in it, too. Like, there's a lot more going on, I feel like. And it's not as... Like, they're still really messed up crimes, but there's a lot more um, mini arcs kind of that happen, too. Like, you know, that there's, like a, like, a guy they're searching for that shows up every now and then with a kill. Yeah, like, uh... Well, I think season one follows the classic cliche of a season one episode where there's just the weekly villain kind of thing. Yeah. It's like an episodic, like, we're just following. But then come season two, I think there's a couple episodes that are, like, part one, part two, minus the season finales. That's always a part one, part two. Oh, God, you have to. You have to. You have to leave just on a cliffhanger in case you get... uh, Legally obligated to do (laughs) that. Legally obligated, but it's also just in case you get renewed for the next season. You always got to end on just a cliffhanger enough, you know? And then um, I think come season three is when you have like this guy shows up for an episode and then he leaves and then five episodes later they reference him again and then he shows up the next episode like it's. So basically what we're telling you guys is that the next few we- episodes are probably going to be me and Matt talking about how messed up the world is, how many and killers and you know maybe by then we'll be into like true crime. Yeah. And, but. Uh, Watching all those Ted Bundy documentaries oh on Netflix, you know. But yeah, I mean, that's been kind of what we do for our burnout, you know. Let yeah. us know what you guys do if you have other hobbies that you like to get into that kind of distract you from. And it doesn't have to be watching something. It could be crocheting, drawing, yeah, puzzles. Yeah, what kind of hobbies do you go get into or what are new things you've picked up that you think maybe people overlook that are that is a lot of fun? Yeah, and let us know because maybe those will be one of the hobbies that we might want to try and pick up next time we're feeling burnt out in one of the fandoms. Yeah, we'll let you know how it goes. Um, shall we go into some questions? Yeah, let's... Uh, Let's pull up some questions here from our listeners. Let's go with from Zach. He goes uh, slice of life question mark. Slice of life. Just well, you know what are what are your thoughts on slice of life anime? Um, I think sometimes it depends. I think obviously with slice of life the characters are extremely important. If it's super boring, then I'm not gonna watch or read it. Okay. But if the characters are well written and the story is interesting, then I have no problem with it. I think there's some fantastic slice of life out there. And the other thing is, you know, not everyone's into action or romance. What are um, what are some of your favorite slice of lives? Well, I follow. Uh, I would say like a lot of my slice of lives end up being kind of like the slice of life slash romance. Okay. But like Clan Ad, Clan Ad After Story, um, falls into that kind of category. Um, I would say Toradora's kind of slice of life. It's such a broad thing, too, because it's like, for the most part, it's slice of life with something. Yeah. Whether it's romance or sometimes comedy or whatever. But um, in terms of, like, for me, like, you know, there's, like, the one genre people like to say uh, cute girls doing cute things. Not for me. A lot of those stories are a little bit too boring for me. Um, I know you've recently... Well, somewhat recently, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid is a comedy, but it is a slice of life with a hint of fantasy in its own way. That probably was arguably my, I don't want to, was it my first slice of life? I don't think I've really dabbled too much in the slice of life. Yeah, it's probably one of your, if not your first one. Yeah, because like. No, you watched the Gretzko, which is also. Is that classified as, I guess, is that classified as slice of life? I would imagine. Like what else, what else would it be? You're just following a Gretzko's everyday life, right? I hate that that's my guilty pleasure anime. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. The other thing is, you should never feel guilty about if it's something you like, right? Yeah. If you if you enjoy it, then rock on. You know, watch your slice of life. Watch cute girls doing cute things. You know, enjoying their bonfire or going fishing trip, whatever they end up doing. But for me, it is super important that I really like the characters. Like yeah. The characters have to be really well written. I Violet Evergarden. Kind elements. I guess, yeah, you're kind of, it kind of is slice of life. You're kind of following her. Yeah, that was just a very slow paced. Life after yeah. the war. I but guess you'd kind of, what, what would you classify that as if it's not a slice of life? <sighs> that one's hard because there's so much going on. Like, in there's that so story. much and yet not a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I guess, yeah, I guess a uh, slice of life is kind of a good, a, a good, um, bubble to put over it because it's not like heavily action based. Right, like that's a big part. Yeah, but yeah, I would say I would say probably overall a, a drama, drama slice of life. Drama slice of life, yeah. Um, you've seen uh, Anahana. Yep, flower. We saw that there. A lot of them are obviously like high school, right? Like you're just yeah. high school setting. Your line, April. Yeah, exactly. Romance. Um, I feel like romance definitely does tie a lot into. Uh, I yeah, it's like the common partnered thing right like, yeah there aren't many things that are just slice of life it's like slice of life drama slice of life romance i feel like those are like the two common ones but a lot of movies are also slice of life um i guess one what would be a really big one but that had that had characters but isn't romance that i liked probably march comes in like a lion i have not seen that one that is on my uh that list. one has some incredible characters. Um, I'm pretty sure it's animated by Shaft, which are an amazing studio. And it just, it's only two seasons, but it's gives you the feels. The characters are, they feel so real. I think that that's what makes it so good. So I'm just looking at, um, I typed in Google big slice of life anime just to be like, oh, am I even curious? I'm like, but it is Jeff, just a bunch of schoolgirls animes. Oh, Violet Evergarden is on this list, though. There you go. Same with uh, the flower we saw that day. Fruits Basket. Yeah, Fruits Basket is a fantastic one. Uh, I, Madoka Magica is on this list. Magical Girl. Well, it's like uh, you follow her kind of story but it is a magical girl but to answer the question if the characters are good I'll, I'll watch it or read it honestly same yeah as long as i'm enjoying the story i think yeah, i uh, think i think it's more prone to have some more boring stories but i just won't watch those ones all right i think uh we'll save some questions for another episode we have a list but i think that was a solid question thank you Zach from Nova Scotia. You're always yes. pumping up good questions you, for Zach. us. And feel free to send us some some questions where we'll, uh, we'll uh, make a list if we don't get to them, you know, in an episode. We have them saved. Matt will randomly ask me and I'll have to think on the spot about my feelings on things. <laughs> and it's fun. But other than that, I, th I think um, I think we're going to call it here, eh, Matt? Exactly. And again, I'm Matt. And I'm Connor, guys. And don't forget to check us out on all our social medias we have instagram twitter youtube etc and to check us out you know let your friends let your family know to check us out on all the major podcast platforms if you're listening to us on apple music please drop a review it helps the podcast out a lot 
And I guess we'll see you guys next time. Stay tuned for next week where we'll have Tim back on the podcast to talk more about D&D and role-playing. Woohoo!